Blog Talk Radio. Hello there, this is the Aerial Assassin Will Osprey coming from you live from the Tokyo Dome in Japan. And you are listening to WrestleCast Radio. Hope you guys are having a good day. God bless. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, Richie Rude. Well, I'll tell you something, Bulldogs. Do you guys have the same thing in mind? Well, I'll tell you what, Gary Hart's done it. Do you guys have the same thing in mind? Well, I'll tell you what, Gary Hart's done it once and for all. He stuck his nose in the Tribal Nation's business. Tribal Nation is up on the top. We're going to the top of the totem pole. But Gary Hart, tell you what, you have that pretty hair. It's going to come plumb off. Bring Stick anything you want. Bring any team you want. Any combination, Gary Hart, we're coming after your scalp. Now, let's go. Do you know why? I'm going to show you the body that women love and the men love to fear. It's just that simple. Take a look at that. Hmm? How's that look, huh? You don't think there's You're a asking man me? out there? Look at it. I know. Hey, it doesn't take much for you to please you. Last time I was in San Francisco, I went downtown looking for a woman. You know what I mean? I wanted a woman. I couldn't find a woman. I found a lot of men that look like women. Now you, Hulk Hogan, you belong in San Francisco. What's wrong with you, Gene? And after it's all said and done, you're going to be taking splinters out of your fat asses all night long because you got some fat asses. The only chance you have, you have no chance, but you had a chance, is you can run lickety split. Because you can't run because you got some fat asses. You go to the border has a lot of bad habits. But only ones that help me survive. Don't define yourself in a full power. Be a survivor. Don't smoke. Folks, there's jumping Jeff Farmer. Jeff, a while back, what a match you had with Motley. Yep. I guess what we're trying to say is whether you're a fat out of shape truck driver, whether you're a skinny geek pushing a taxi cab, whether you're a doctor or lawyer that doesn't have half the money we have. This is the way life is. If Ollie wants to slap Road Warrior Hawk, he'll do it. If Tully wants to spit on Road Warrior Animal, he'll do it. If Iron wants to take Dusty Road, do all that, he'll do it. And Nikita, if I want you, all three of them, to hold you, I'm going to slap you, I'm going to spit on you, I'm going to kick you, and I'm going to go. This is WrestleCast Radio with your hosts, Ryan Cook. He's walking up the ramp with with Sami Zayn and it's saying, now qualified for Money in the Bank, and they're advertising that. They cut to a small graphic showing Sami Zayn on one side, and the center of it says, 
Sammy Zayn tells all with Bobby Lashley's sister. And Alex Mello. Well, Rubble Takahashi versus everybody. I, I thought I was going to have to give him a eulogy after the, the intense main event on night two of Battle of the Super Juniors. But boy, howdy, uh, did that match live up uh, not only to my expectations, but I'm hoping yours as well. And Alex, I hope that that uh, confusion that happened with Blog Talk didn't uh, ruin your thoughts as well. But hey, we talked Bobby Lashley's sisters last night, so I thought it was perfect to put that intro in there today. Uh, It was wonderfully perfect. Yeah, it was just like, I just got cut. What's going on there? It must have been, um, because my original username was who to bleep is Ben K. (laughs) Ding. Ooh, man. I I totally forgot Dragon Gate is on Sunday, and this is like, you, you know, Another I kind of I mean like, a, <laughs> well, like this show has like it just just so much going on with it that I can't even like I still can't get over the fact Ultimate Dragon's wrestling on this show. Like after after the way that this this company started breaking off a of Toromon and the downfall, and this was like the. Um, Watching Yoshino, yeah, it's it's like it was like Bischoff showing up on Raw when you're like, what the hell just <laughs> happened? So did he come <laughs> on a show as well, a la Eric Bischoff coming out on Raw like 18 years ago, whatever that was? Not 18 years, but like 16 years ago. Was there something like that, or was it just as an announcement where you know it obviously was, that still has the ooh. It was uh, the last, that last Dragon Gate show, uh, Yoshino called him to the ring and he just kind of came out. What? And it was like, and we didn't see oh. that? No, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, I think. I'm pretty sure we did. No, um, but like I didn't actually watch you. We were like, hey, watch this. Because I would have like flipped my lid. <laughs> well, like the crowd was kind of just like, they were more stunned. I don't think they knew really what was going on or like, I mean, this was... It's like 15 years in like two weeks or something ago. It was, I think it was July 4th is when it happened. Oh, um, when this when this totally ended, and there, there's so much history. There's a, there's a really good article I'll send you to. Um, it's the same guy that wrote that Ben K article. Oh, um, okay. About like what he's becoming. Like you look back at this thing, 2007, um, Ultimo Dragon when uh, when he closed. When he was gearing up to close the Mexico Toromon, he had a guy on his roster that he just decided to transfer to New Japan uh, because they they were willing to take his contract and he just didn't have use for him anymore. The guy's name was mm-hmm. uh, Kazuchika Okada. Uh, what? <laughs> um, I thought finding out Taichi started with all Japan was the biggest uh, news shocker for me today, but no, you win with that tidbit. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like so there's the Torbon X thing. Um and then he did another dragon system. It, it went from like two thousand five to two thousand six when he kinda was like, I'll just do it all my Dragon Door Project Two. It had some Texas students, a uh, couple couple lucha guys. Kota Bushi was in it, Toshiaki Kawada was in it at the end of his career. But I mean, a big name was was Okada who Randomly, as you know, we talked G1 today was part of this. He's like, here, you can, you guys can take this guy. I just don't, I'm not going to use him. My system, you know, things are going awry. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, cool. Well, thank you. <laughs> that just <laughs> happened. Um, show is live at 1 a.m. 
Saturday night, Sunday morning, so Sunday 1 a.m. Probably try to watch this thing live. This this card looks so good, and I'm, uh, I left. I, I kind of did a little bit of a generic intro to post on Facebook for the for the the thing. I, didn't, I don't even think I linked our page on it. I I've, I've once again it's linked. <laughs> yours are way more remarkable than mine. So I was just kind of throwing something out of their advertising. But the thing that really excites me about this is: Are we going to get Wrestle Kingdom nine or Wrestle Kingdom ten? And in the thought being that. You know, Ben K is the guy. He is he's the guy three years ago when he started that everyone went, Holy crap, this dude's gonna be special and it's gonna happen quick. And everything has been so built up with him leaving red and mm-hmm. living him he's out of R E D. Pac has been, you know, on a wildfire as the biggest big match guy potentially in wrestling right now. It's built up for him to dethrone Pac. But I, I have this weird feeling that the crowd is just going to be sitting there going, oh, no, and Pac beats him. And everyone's just dumbfounded and distraught. Like, no, no, that couldn't have happened. That, that just and, didn't happen. And don't forget the other variable of all elite wrestling and Pac, you know, that relationship. You know, a lot of talk, you know, after, you know, of course, with him supposing to appear at Fighter Fest, that didn't happen. Um, double or nothing, that didn't happen. And then, you know, the the remarks recently, I believe, by Cody saying, oh, yeah, he's he's coming. We're, we're just waiting. You know, so, I mean, there, there's that variable where that could be in the back of people's minds. Like, oh, he's going to drop it, put this, you know, the, this next big, you know, star over in Ben K, and then make, you know, his jaunt out to Jacksonville uh, or Chicago, you know, come uh, at all out. So, there's a lot of what ifs, you know, on the the westernized, you know, variation. Not only with the, you know, history that Dragon Gate possesses. <laughs> I'm I'm looking at the last line from three different people that previewed this show. Um, the first line says, "This is what we've all been waiting for. This is Ben K's night. God, I'm so excited." Prediction: Ben K. Next one says, all, all these years of careful preparation from all parties led to this match. Pac is ready. The promotion is ready. The fans are ready. Ben K is ready. Time to crown the ace of the new generation. And then the third one, um, we've listened to everything there is to listen, and there is no doubt in our hearts that this is the moment, the opponent, the event, the story. Everything is set for Ben K to become Dragon Gate's new ace. Prediction Ben K. Wow. Like, People are like clamoring over this, and I wish I, I wish I would have been able to follow this journey better than the random spots here and there, and kind mm-hmm. of getting me back into Dragon Gate, um, you know, throwing it into our circle because of how great he's been. I wish I would have seen this this climb and this rise of Ben K. Now, the stuff with Ata and his match with KZ, obviously, mm-hmm. the KZ match made me go, "Holy crap, this guy is incredible." <laughs> but, with this, like, with how much everyone's clamoring and people are like, just like people are going to be like distraught if he doesn't win. And, Pac and, and is that I think that's fine. <laughs> it's oh, it's great. Like this, this match because of the hype behind it truly has me intrigued to like go out of my way to stay up and watch this live to see if this new ace becomes the guy to defeat Pac. Like, I'm truly intrigued, and I don't... I know Ben K more from the tag stuff with Big R Shimitsu mm-hmm. and not the earlier stuff where I was like, oh, this guy's pretty good, but then, see, like I said, seeing that the tournament we watched, it was like, oh my god, this guy's incredible. 
this guy gets it. Like he understands everything. This is the guy. Like it was the same feeling I had when I saw Miyahara the first time. And when I mm-hmm. saw Okada um, coming back to, to New Japan, it was like, this is the guy. This is going to be their guy. What if Pac says nope? <laughs> and I'm fine with that. I mean, uh, there, there's nothing wrong with, you know, kind of swerving that. Plus that bastardized Pac even more in the hemisphere of, of Dragon Gate um, right there. And, you know, with Ben K, like you were saying, you know, I, I thought the KZ match, he was so dominant in that, you know, and, and still being new to KZ, where I was like, oh, I think that guy's going to go over. Cause I, I had knew little about Ben K. Hell, I didn't even know that was the guy who was kicked out of R.E.D. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, this guy. And you were like, watch this Ben K guy. And then, you know, again, that dominant performance and then him going against his former R.E.D. cohort. And, you know, Ata, you know, just having that passion, that fire, um, you know, it was just like, oh, yeah, this is the guy that, hey, you kicked me out. Now I'm going to burn each and one of you to the ground. And, you know, showcasing the Michael Spears article on Voices of Wrestling. Check it out. Uh, The article entitled Ben K, the ace that was promised that you pointed out to uh, us at Strong Style Media a few weeks ago. Just a fantastic, fantastic read. Uh, Captivated my morning. Uh, Made me even go get a coffee. And I'm not even a coffee drinker, but it was just such a a well-round out, you know, kind of ex, not expose but just a profile on on the history which again makes me invested even more because we know this match is going to be knocked out of the park it's just now you have that character um you know relationship you know w- with ben k not only from the few matches i've seen and a few more that you've seen you know more than i have but you know where this is a must see of the weekend for sure so I'm just going to run through the card here real fast, not necessarily give a preview because I got an idea in my mind that I'll, I'll text you about after the show to see if maybe we can have happen here. Um, also, Ultimate kinda, Dragon, by the way, looks awesome on that mm-hmm. poster. <laughs> yeah, he does just kind of like over the top of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, opening contest, we get a 10-man, Super Shiza, Kness, uh, Shachioko Machine, Problem Dragon, and Drastic Boy taking on Kenichiro Arai, Jason Lee, uh, some people may remember he was in the Cruiserweight Classic. Uh, that was his American claim to fame. Kaisuke Okuda, who we were hugely behind uh, in DDT. Um, he is mm-hmm. the Japanese-looking Ken Shamrock, for those that don't know who he is. Uh, had a great exchange last year at Peter Pan with Sakaguchi. Um, Dragon Dia oh, and then yeah. Jimmy. Uh, he's tight. So he went over to Dragon Gate. Uh, he's running this. That'll be fun. Wait, Brody from uh, Mallrats is in this tag match? Recently. Oh, tell you That's awesome. <laughs> we then get a the BB Hulk comeback match. Uh, BB Hulk, Kajitora, and Yosuke Santa Maria taking on Genki Horiguchi, Punch Tomonaga, and Brother Yashi. Uh, also taking on the third team of Hyo Watanabe, Kota Minura, and Yuki Yoshioka. That's going nice. to be a spot fest. Ben K, man, he's not what we used to. We saw him in, you know, ten years ago. But I, I, I'll take the nostalgia and watch him come back out there again. Hey, BB Hawk, man, I that guy can maneuver. I know he is down on that goth side right now with Tribe Vanguard. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm all for a a comeback story. Who's the Choi Hong man, by the way? 
So this guy's like a badass MMA fighter from South Korea who's probably going to murder Soccer Ichikawa and Ryo Saito. Um, Soccer Ichikawa, this is the guy. If you want to see some good comedy, this is the guy. Um, he is He's nuts. Uh, stupid funny. Uh, oh, that guy looks like he's a background <laughs> character on, uh, on Dark Crystal. Holy There's, crap. I'll find I'll find some uh, Stalker Ichikawa on YouTube and send it to you so you can see some. Um, next match I'm gonna skip at the moment going through this card order because I want to I want to bring it up last because this match literally got announced yesterday and I okay. I was really confused where these people were and why they weren't on the card. Um, but we got open the Triangle Gate Championship, uh, the Super uh, Super Strong Machine team J F and G taking on the champions uh, Yasushi Kanda, Takashi Yoshida, and Kazuma Sekimoto. Uh, all three members of R.E.D. right there. Mm-hmm. Um, the Open the Brave Gate Championship, Susumu Yokosuka taking on Flamita. That'll be fun. Ooh. We get the Dragon Gate 20th Anniversary Celebration Series Premium Match. Ultimo Dragon, Dragon Kid, and Masada Yoshino taking on Masaki Mochizuki, Shuji Kondo, and Takaya Sugawara from Wrestle 1, which is pretty cool. Uh, excuse me, from Zero One. Uh, Condos from Russell One. So they're getting the band back together for this one. That's going to be fun. Uh, open the Twin Gate Championship match is going to be held in a three way as well. Champions are Yamato. Try Vanguard's own taking on maximum members Kaito, Ishida, and Naruki Doi. And then RED members Big R, Shimizu, and Eita, who, uh, as I posted a picture in our group chat, Eita is such yeah. a CNX Tuesday, and I love it. <laughs> But what I'm this excited is be about a good ass match. I mean, kind of coming off of you know that 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 cage match, the the five team you know gimmick there, uh, you know, and then just a triple threat, you know, again, I, knowing and seeing the rookie Doi a decade ago, um, but you know, knowing a little bit more of Tribe Vanguard, Yamato and Kai, awesome team, um, and then Red, those like you said, see you next Tuesdays. That's gonna oh, be great. Man. Ooh, that's going to be so fun. And then the one that they just announced, uh, Shin Skywalker, who broke away from the Mochizuki Dojo and is kind of betting on himself now. He's kind of aligned himself with Ben K, which I'm wondering if they're, that's going to be the unit with those guys kind of out of their former units and maybe making a new style. What would you name that of, unit then of Shun Skywalker and Ben K? Swole as shit. Um, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> those are ripped. Um, but he's taking on KZ. Oh man, this match is going to be bonkers. Oh my, oh man. <laughs> I was wondering, I'm like, okay, they're just gonna put Shun in a, in a random. Is KZ just gonna do something with Genki and those guys with uh, natural vibes? Nope, they're gonna they're gonna do KZ and Shun Skywalker. KZ, uh, oh, I, can't wait. I cannot wait for this match. So I have an idea that I'll, I'll, I'll bounce off of you that maybe we could do for um, for a little Kobe World preview here before Sunday. Um, if not, we'll be Spoiler back. Alert. I might be in town that Saturday just for a quick little quick little day trip into uh, the morning. Maybe. <laughs> Oh, this this just gets better and better. This <laughs> 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 man, I can't wait. This is gonna be great. But you guys came here for one reason: G1 Climax 29. We are uh, we 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 gotta be more more con- precise with the way we do it after last night, uh, having to rush the final three matches in three minutes because we love talking wrestling and it just happened. Yeah. <laughs> 
So oh, uh, we're gonna, I'm going to give you a bigger platform to discuss uh, the the amazing uh, main event from Peter Pan since uh, you were rushed. So don't worry, you that that will be the last segment of this show. <laughs> so let's let's go into it. Night two. Um, I don't have the match order in front of me. Um, I just have my like news and notes here. Um, day two. I I, uh, I guess we could just start. I could just kind of go down my list in the order that that I I have that random tournament builder thing that I've been using. Oh, uh, gotcha, gotcha. So run through it here this way. Uh, first match I have listed: Tetsuya Naito against Toru Yano. Um, Whoa, that's throwing my notes all over the place. Is it okay? <laughs> in order. Why don't you here? You take charge since you have it in order. That'll probably be easier than I can scroll to find my matches. So I would say uh, for a sleeper of the tournament thus far, the first four nights. Of course, yes, we know night five premiered this morning, but we will get you nights five through seven uh, early next week here on uh, WrestleCast Radio. But a show stealer in a way because I had no idea the outcome was going to be. The way it was, Juice Robinson, the flamboyant one, taking on Shingo Takagi. I don't know why my note says Shigo, uh, but Shingo Takagi <laughs> making his uh, his G1 climax, you know, after running the gauntlet, uh, you know, in the uh, Super Junior, uh, best of the Super Junior tournament last month here, uh, kind of hanging with the big boys here. But, uh, whoo, my God, Ryan, I don't know how you felt about this match, but, uh, you know, Shingo having two solid matches so far, but this was a, uh, not that he needs to be welcomed to the heavies, but uh, Juice Robinson doing some hard ass shots. Great opener, I would say for the B block as well. Uh, You know, we were a little, you know, riding high off of, uh, you know, a blocks night one in Dallas, but my God, Shingo Takaki, I thought he had this numerous, numerous times here. Um, but Juice looks strong. Juice looks ready. This could be a year, Ryan, you know, where, where Juice, you know, finally gets maybe, you know, in the uh, top echelon of this block here. He definitely showed it uh, against Shingo Takaki. Um, the spear that he hits while Shingo, you know, was, uh, you know, kind of uh, was on the apron ropes there was an amazing mm. spot. <laughs> he just spring, he catapults himself. And just spears, you know, Shingo out of uh, out of his shoes there. Um, but Juice Man looked awesome. They were awesome back to back. A lot of, you know, of course that ending sequence, pumping bombers, left hands from God. I had no idea. I picked Shingo to take the victory here. But Juice Robinson, left hand of God, pulp friction, finally nailing that on Shingo for the one, two, and three. Awesome opener. If we had to give a star, if I had to give a star rating, I would definitely put a, a solid four must watch. Yeah, I went four and a quarter. This was my uh, this was my match of this is my second favorite match of the block um, nice. so far this whole tournament. I'm I'm ecstatic with how good this match was. The thing that really excited me the most about this match was the fact that Juice Robinson was able to keep up with Shingo's pace. The one thing Shingo will always have over a lot of these guys is the pace that he did in Dragon Gate is just what that company's all about. And 
Juice kept up with him. Some guys don't, and they have to kind of alternate things here and there. But Shingo did it, and Juice was right there. And it was it was tremendous. It was this match was fantastic. Like I said, I went four and a quarter. I thought this was the second best match of the, of the B block. Um, one match the next the next night of the B block uh, beat it, but that's okay. That you know, with what I'm sure we're both going to talk about and clamor about when we get to the end here. But yeah, <laughs> kudos to Juice. You know, he does look like he's off to a hot start. He's he's on the right track, and he's not. You know, I mean, he goes one and zero to start the night out, and it's yep. it's a win that he should have got because it's not going to hurt Shingo whatsoever losing to a guy like Juice Robinson. No cast, you no know, injury as of yet. Um, you know, to Juice Robinson, which I think <laughs> helped. Um, what do you also think of? Uh, you know, we we mentioned he hit a spear, not knowing if that's going to be in his repertoire for the rest of the tournament. But one move that we saw consistently in the first two matches he's had in the G1 so far was the jackhammer. What, what are your thoughts on that into his arsenal? Um, I've, I've liked the jackhammer. He's done it a few times, too, before this um, in the last year, year and a half. It just depends on who he's worked. But I like mm-hmm. that they're having him like, solidify it as a final match type move. Um, which mm-hmm. he which he did both nights before it was kind of like Billy Gunn esque where he just kind of throw it in there in the random spots here and there. They're establishing it a little more too, so I think they want to want to give Juice more of an offense and do more with them. Which usually, if a company's gonna gonna have you do a stronger offense, do big more big match moves and do them more frequently, they're gonna do something with you soon. Out of the solid archer, so I, I'm all for it. Yeah, good good confidence boost for Juice. Uh, you know, like I said, I shock and awe, you know, getting a win over Shingo. But great opener for the B block. Next up, uh, Taichi serenading his way to take on a new New Japan and U.S. heavyweight champion, uh, John Moxley. Of course, Moxley gets attacked as he's making his entrance through the crowd. Um, and, and thus, of course, Taichi antics will happen there. Uh, you know, Moxley getting hit with the chair. Um, you know, essentially, again, mad shenanigans. But uh, Moxley, of course, gets his uh, his mocks on, if you will. Uh, the Iranaki <laughs> that he puts Taichi through uh, through a table was uh, definitely one of the the bright spots on there. Um, but Taichi looking pretty good. You know, this was a, a step up from the Taichi from years past that we've seen. Again, it seems like his eye is on the prize, even though he took the loss here. Um, but essentially, you know, uh, Moxley blocking the super kick, hitting the death rider to finish that there. Uh, what did you think of Mox and Taichi? Um, I went three and a quarter. It was kind of what I expect from Mox in some of these matches that aren't perfect opponents for him. Uh, They did enough where it kept my interest. Nothing that blew me away um, coming off of the match that was before this. But, yeah, I thought it was a good match. Moxley looked fine. Taichi is Taichi. He's a guy who's who's getting better, but he still hasn't got there yet. But you could tell that he understands that they have confidence in him. And I think that helps in some of these performances, but yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was above average wrestling match and, and Moxley got the win like he should have and got it nice and clean. I'm loving these running knees that Moxley is kind of using, uh, you know, in these couple of matches I've seen uh, so far as well um, while in new Japan. Also watch out for umbrellas when you, uh, when you're facing off. With Taiji. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, next up, uh, Tetsuya Naito, Tranquilo King himself, is taking on Toriyanu. Um, I, for for comedic standpoints, Ryan. Um, yes, you're not going to see a lot of wrestling with Toriyanu. Uh, you know, but for for shenanigans, comedic aspects, coming off of DDT, uh, you know, watching, of course, the Road to and Peter Pan. This was a fun. Uh, I'm not even going to say a match. It was just a fun one-upsmanship from Toriano here. Of course, him teasing Naito about wearing a shirt over a shirt (laughs) while he wrestles in a shirt. Uh, You know, of course, uh, Yano uh, taking the the turnbuckle pad off there, uh, getting some uh, theatrics and some dives from Red Shoes. Um, as he, uh, you know, kind of dives and takes the pad before Naito uses it, swinging uh, Yano for the fences here. Uh, but to upset alerts for some um, here, uh, Toriano, of course, uh, dick kick, or I should say dick blow. Well, that sounds weird. A punch <laughs> to the uh, nether region um, as uh, he hockey maneuvers Naito, pulls the shirt over his head, Yano does, uh, hits him right in the nether region. Spears him, gets the one, two, three there. Uh, again, short, very, very short match for, for what it was, uh, but uh, surprising indeed. Yano starting off with two points over many people's picks, including mine, Tetsuya Naito. I, you know, I picked Naito to win, and I should have. I should have realized that Yano always beats him and Yano always wins his first couple matches. But I, I truly thought this, this Naito run would be, he loses, you know, the Moxley match. And then another, another big match against the guy. I think I'd go to, to solidify the briefcase matches, but I mean, Yano beats him. It's Yano. It's an early match. Yano. It's fine. I went two and three quarters, nothing wrong with it, but it was what it was. And I was glad it was short. Because it, it made it a lot, a lot better being shorter than longer. So having it in the um, middle of the card, I was a little nervous that they were going to try to try to draw it out a lot, and they didn't. So I like too how Naito was, you know, trying to do some comedic antics against Yano as well. You know, as he was also very perturbed by the antics, but he said, you know, he was trying to fight fire with fire or turnbuckle <laughs> pads with turnbuckle pads. Uh, for some reason in my notes, I add, uh, apparently I'm supposed to ask you this question. Ryan, what was crazier, the result of this match or J.R. Smith getting waived since apparently it happened on the same day? Um, I'm going to go J.R. Smith getting waived because I didn't realize he still had a job after game one of the NBA Finals a couple of years ago. <laughs> but, but as we always say with J.R. Smith, anything's possible. Anything is possible. <laughs> well, did you see that celebrity all-star game, uh, baseball, softball, whatever it is? It was like Cleveland, you know, celebrities versus everyone else. And J.R. Smith just playing baseball without a shirt, acting a fool, even though he was waved. <laughs> yeah, he, he was like, hey, man, I'm, uh, I'm here. You guys want me to play? And they're like, I guess. And he's like, come on, man. <laughs> the Miz awkwardly giving him a high five. Oh, shenanigans. Uh, speaking oh, no. of shenanigans, the haunts of battle. <laughs> <laughs> the haunts of battle under six feet. Uh, 
Tomohiro Ishii, Stone Pitbull, um, aka Mr. Uh, Mr. Jeff over there in the uh, the Woodbury area, taking on Jeff Cobb uh, in a perfect world, my doppelganger, even though he would literally obliterate me uh, just with one suplex. Just that's who's, all it takes. It's just one. Who's more your doppelganger, Jeff Cobb, or when he's when he's worked a fifteen minute match, Samoa Joe? <laughs> with the hair. <laughs> Oh, man. In a perfect world, you would merge both. Yeah, I mean, both are badasses, so you really don't have a problem either way. It's much better than me being compared to Luke Ridenour or Matt Stafford. So I would much rather take... Yeah. Matt Stafford, no. You're more yeah, Daniel like, Bryan and and or Sheamus back in the day, like five, six years ago. <laughs> Oh man, okay, I'm I'm good. That Canadian Irish uh, descent or ascent that you have there, uh, but EC and Jeff Cobb, this was definitely on many must watches, um, and to me, it did not disappoint. Um, Slugfest by both guys, you know, as you would expect from a Tomohiro Ishii match. But I, I would say Jeff Cobb, you know, minus getting his bell rung a few times here, uh, was definitely uh, pit for tit for tat, lariat for lariat, headbutt after headbutt. Um, you know, but but Ishii, you know, sneaking out of the tour of the Isle Islands, uh, then hitting that Inzagiri, um, and then of course uh, Cobb countering the Brainbuster, but Ishii again. Headbutt, stalling brain buster, getting that for the win there. Um, I just love the counters that both of these guys had for each other. The power, the strength, the the, the sense of gravity that both of these uh, behemoths, you know, kind of bestow in the ring there. Um, but when Ishii nailed that dragon suplex on on Jeff Cobb, I was like, "It's over! Like, there's there's no way in hell." <laughs> and then Jeff Cobb, re, you know, retorts by hitting a German suplex on on Ishii, um, where I was just like, "Whoa, maybe uh, Jeff Cobb is going to get the win here." But again, headbutt, brainbuster. Um, I loved this match. This was you know kind of reminiscent of the opener here for me um, with the Juice and Shingo. Must watch, I would say, from from these, you know, if you had to pick two out of the five, I, I would definitely put Ishii and Cobb. But what are your thoughts, Ryan? Yeah, Ishii and Cobb, I went three and three quarters. Um, surprisingly, this was my third favorite match of the night. Um, I prefer the Shingo Juice and uh, our main event slightly ah. more because the main event just... I, I just wasn't expecting it. And I, was, I think that's what really blew my mind on it, but... Ishii and Cobb was, was was a great match. It was exactly what you want in the Haas fight. I think I would have went a little higher um, had Cobb just not looked so ragged and blown up where Ishii's like, come on, MFR, let's get going. Come on. <laughs> and he's trying to get him going. And, you know, Cobb, I'll get into it too with, with the Moxie match, but there was a trend in this B block and even, even a little bit in the A block. I'm watching night three, but not as much, but these guys in these in these matches, I, I I'm watching these three shows so closely. It just blew my mind how many times somebody, aside from aside from say Kota Ibushi, uh, Jay White, and probably Shingo, I've never seen more guys kick out without lifting their shoulder off the mat and they stop counting. 
in in these matches these last couple of shows for this. Like, mm-hmm. there's like three times that Cobb, even Taichi too, to extent with the Naito match, just waved his arm and didn't lift his shoulder up, and they stopped counting. I'm like, he's not kicking out. <laughs> like, like, I like, it just, I I noticed it with Cobb and Ishii, and you could see Ishii going, "Come on." And after that, I started watching more, and then I started realize like, bad luck. Folly did it a few times, and Kenta. I mean, this was Kenta had a much better showing than night one for me. But man, by the end of it, Tanahashi's like, "Come on, let's go," and he's like, and he's just waving his arms, and I'm like, uh, these dudes are all gassed. Like, what is going on here? Well, <laughs> you know, how I'm, can you take that much punishment from Ishii, and then Ishii getting his own, you know, brand of you know, lariats, elbows, headbutts, but him saying, give me more. That would gas me the hell out, you know, where that's why I think this match was so phenomenal in, in for these two guys to just, you know, it, it was that, that simple Haas battle where, again, you know, where, where I believe Cobb hits a German on, on, on Big Tom here. And I was just like, wait, what is Cobb? <laughs> like, is, is he going to you know, essentially get the big, you know, there were so many ways I thought they were going to go the Jeff Cobb route, but thankfully, you know, Ishii gets that, that, that awesome, awesome victory. I, I prefer this over the main event. I agree, you know, kind of with, with the uh, kind of the route that they took there, but uh, yeah, I, I would probably give this one a slight edge. Yeah. And it was, it was really good. Like by, by no means did I not like it. I just, I, I can tell the things that I always say is a weakness of Cobb is, is comes out at the end of these matches when they're, when they're going a hundred mile an hour in the home stretch and you can see Cobb, like he's trying to keep up and dude, with all that weight you're carrying around and your size, I, I dude, I get gas walking up the stairs. So I'm the last person that should be talking shit, <laughs> but like, you know, it's just, come on, man, it's the G one, you know, you gotta take the look Ishii and Jay white, Jay white had no problem keeping up with that pace and, and doing everything. You know what I mean? Like that match was incredible. I just, I want, I know what Cobb can do and what he can be from seeing the shorter matches. And I just, I can't wait for Cobb to get, to be able to go in these longer kind of classic matches. So we can see him main event with a guy like Okada or somebody and see what he can really do in that, that situation. So by no means bad. I just, it, it was more so just, just observing, like there's so many people that are not kicking out and just wait, like watch, watch some of these matches. Like when you watch night five, um, mm-hmm. I bet you see it three or four times where somebody will just wave their arm and they'll, they'll not kick out, but they'll stop counting. And like, now that I've seen it, I can't stop looking for it. It's like, Ooh. it's like when I used to look at that, when Charlotte had the, the the mole I would always stare right at it and I could never stop (laughs) it's like it's always there you know it's just it's that thing you notice and then you cannot stop and now I can just I'm watching their shoulders like a hawk and I'm like all right who's not going to kick out today it's it's stupid but just like damn it this is the g1 man Let's, let's, let's rock I, I I like your conspiracy theorists on on this. I'm I'm intrigued to kind of see this uh, a little bit more. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, I think I might have noticed it maybe once. I noticed there was a botch. Uh, I'm trying to think of what match it was where it was like a counter roll up. It might have been the Goto match on night four, and he essentially kind of rolls his opponent where he's pinning him but the ref is still counting it as a two. And I was just like, huh, 
that was really interesting where again i was just there was the juice match yeah where i was just like wait because juice countered rolled him up and then goto slid him over and then essentially the ref was still counting it like juice robinson was good of one so i was just like huh i guess that's the only ref botch i've seen and and it's all like and it doesn't like it doesn't affect the match like so that's why I think I'm just more nitpicking it because it's just I'm enjoying everything I'm watching but then I'm like okay there's got to be something wrong unless you're unless you're Lance Archer and Will Osprey because that was perfect but I digress. Hiroki <laughs> <laughs> Kono, Jay White, man, Hiroki Kono gets the victory and. The thing behind that match to me, when Goto wins clean with the Ushigoroshi um, and the GTR, it made yeah. me go, we're in for a weird tournament, I think, and in a good way. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, we're in for, I think this is going to get a little wacky. And then, you know, night three, I went one and four on my predictions because I didn't expect half to happen that happened. You know, no. night five, I, I did get three out of five on that, but. I was just like, man, there's like Kota Ibushi is 0-2. Tetsuya Naito is 0-2. Jay White is 0-2. Like, those are our Juice three. Juice Robinson like, is 2-0. and Yeah. Uh, Lance Archer is 2-0. Like, yeah. those were our, like, our three locks that we said, look, it's going to be, it, Jay White's right in there. And, it, and it's going to be going to be Abushi and Naito right in there. None of these guys got a W yet. <laughs> you know, yeah. I knew I knew Moxie would get wins because they're not going to they're not going to use him to not get wins. I knew Okada was going to get. I thought Okada was losing to Zack Saber. Got that wrong. I I thought Sonata, I thought Osprey was starting zero two. Got that wrong. You know, Osprey got a W. I didn't expect. I thought. You know, I got I had Evil and Sonata one and one going into their match, but I got the matches completely wrong with all four of them. Like, I mean, I'm I think my I think I'm nine and nine and eleven right now. Yeah, nine and eleven is my record. So I'm under five hundred here, and and that's okay though because things I'm not expecting. I did this like March Madness where these are logical wins for me, and they've all and a lot of them have been crazy different. So. It's been fun, man. It's been fun. But watching Jay White opening night main event, you're like, all right, you know, here's this platform. He looks like a million bucks. And then Hiroki Goto, who we haven't seen in ages, gets a clean victory. And I was like, well, all right. And it was awesome. <laughs> Matt, it was good, man. I, I still don't understand how people th- say Jay White sucks. I just don't get it. Um, character work what? is a big who thing. The hell? Who, who There's so that? many people. There's, I see more people. Bunch of Nikum poops. <laughs> go with like go with like random like pure reddits and stuff there's more people that think jay white suck than like and it's not like because he's a he's a good heel they're just like uh i wish he'd just leave he's just not entertaining and i'm like how is he not entertaining he oh looks my like gosh. A, he his charisma is off the charts his interactions with ishii was was incredible oh uh, amazing night, um and and they do exactly the opposite of what I said yesterday about the, with Ricochet and Styles, I enjoy the way Gato inter, interjects himself because the way he does it half the time backfires on his guy, mm-hmm. and it's and it's in such precise spots. It's not like 
every 30 seconds where Gallows is grabbing him or something. You know what I mean? Like the way Gato, and like, when Ishii was going after Gato and, and he, Jay, Jay, and he's screaming for Jay White to help him. <laughs> I mean, like, and they backfired on the two. Like, it's great. And, you know, they tried to, tried to get the up on over and, uh, on Goto and it didn't work. And Goto was a great main event to start night one. I went four stars. Yeah, Goto. Uh, it was it was refreshing to see him get the victory. Uh, going back to your Gato J White point, I loved how he just had a chair like in the aisle for Gato to sit. He's like, I got this. Everything's good. You know, again, it just shows that heelish tactics. But it, what he does in the ring, yeah, he utilizes the barricades a lot. You know, whipping his opponent onto there. But that's what bad guys do. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> And 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 for him to you know have counters you know from the Blade Runner to the GTR you know back to back within this with this match here with uh, with Goto you know White can still do a damn good uh, you know wrestling match you know if when you can stop Goto's momentum where the samurai is going full force at you just with a simple DDT and Goto lays down for you know. 30 seconds. That's pretty damn impressive here. Uh, but again, you know, just the strength uh, was just a little too much for Jay White. Um, you know, like you said, the, the Yushigoroshi, that may kick that, you know, Goto's utilizing before that GTR was, uh, was pretty damn good. Uh, I, uh, again, the soul was escaping Jay White after that kick there. Um, <laughs> great, great final sequence. I, I thought for, um, for that. But the part that I really loved before that sequence was, you know, how Goto was essentially pulling Jay White's hair and just hitting headbutt after headbutt after headbutt before, of course, you know, finishing him off there. Um, I thought White turned it up, you know, when, when he needed to be, again, peckable shape, you know, for, for Jay White here. And, yeah, he takes the L here, but... Uh, a pretty solid, I would say, night one of the B block here. Um, you know, again, Juice Robinson, John Moxley, Toriano, Tomohiro Ishii, Hiroki Goto getting the wins. And I believe I only had two correct predictions on this night, Ryan. Yep. I, I had um, I had Juice and Moxley were the only two I got right. I had Ishii and Moxley. Um, oh, yeah, then the, the next night, uh, boy, I went, I shit the bed on this one. <laughs> I, the, the, only, like, I, the only one I got right was Kenta. Everything else, wrong, 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 wrong. Really? Um, Holy yeah, yeah, I thought, I thought Zack Sabre was going to get a win to, uh, have a, one of the title matches. Um, I thought Osprey was taking an L because, you know, juniors just aren't going to get wins in this thing. And then they both get wins the next two nights. So I was wrong mm-hmm. with that. Um, I thought there's no way Abushi start, starts 0-2. Um, that happened. And I thought yep. Fale would get the W over Lance Archer to, to kind of balance it out and keep the blocks all all even through the first couple nights. Nope, Archer gets another win. Thank God it was awesome. Um, but it it just, it was a fun night. Uh, it's my second highest rated night out of the four. I had a match average of 3.75 on it. Um, short of the 4.2 from night one, obviously, um, just up for the 3.6 average from night two. But, uh, I mean, it was, it was, it was good. Uh, I, I was high bar on Sabre Okada. A lot of people were kind of thought it, it felt rushed and, and wasn't up to par, um, I went four and a half on it. I thought it was really good. But um, mm-hmm. before we go, before we go through the matches, that because you, you have the order, 
Um, I, I dug this out. Richard Gallegos, um, uh, Ricardo Gallegos said, uh, said this, and this is, this is kind of what put me at ease a little bit with Kenta and made me really enjoy the match much more than I did night one. There was somebody, right. it was kind of like, kind of like the, the Roman Reigns thing. Um, I said yesterday where with the, you know, it's not big dog, but it's, it's, you know, little dog that's growing. And that's, a, that's a good thing because that's what mm-hmm. you need is those kind of fans. Um, uh, let's see here. Blah, 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 blah. It says, despite never completely captivated by this match, I did find myself fascinated by Kenta's passion as if every move was an agonizing scream to convince us that his old self was back. The fact is yes. it's impossible to get back old Kenta, but the 2019 version is more than enough to quench our thirst for the way he does his violence. And I, I, I thought about that. And I thought about the way that you were talking about, like, how did you not like him and Ibushi? The way he beat the shit out of Ibushi was great. And, and I'm, I'm still hanging on, you know. Oh, I, it's weird seeing him get gassed. And it's weird seeing him botch back-to-back matches and, you know, things like that. But, man, the drive that he has that he wants to show that that WWE run was the thing that never happened, mm-hmm. I accept that. And, and I, look, I looked at this match with Tanahashi much more much more different. And I gave, I went four stars on it and I was happy with it. And I, I, I said to myself, it's, I'm never going to see, you know, destiny. 05, ironically, 14 years ago on this day, the tremendous Kenta versus Yoshinobu Kanemaru, the heel master himself. I'm never going to get that Kenta again, but if he's going to work as hard as he is, I'm happy that he seems happy and, rejuvenated mm-hmm. and wanting to succeed. And that's good. And that's kind of, I made peace with it. I think after watching, reading that article and then, then watching that. So that was just kind of my piece I had on that, but um, night three, take it away, sir. Funny because after this night, uh, I, I became a huge Kenta fan. I, it, it was my Adam page. It was my DDT where I was like, I get it because, you know, said passion where he looks like he is, a heel, but after the match, he'll pick up his opponent and say, hey, are you okay? You know, show the respect factor, you know, but again, that's him trying to get into this exclusive club that is New Japan for saying, hey, this is Noah Kenta, you know, this is, you know, he he went, you know, stateside, you know, and didn't make a name for himself, you know, forgot about Japan, you know, Hideo Itami, you know, why, why, why do you belong in this G1 when there's so many others not you, Yoshihashi. So many others that are, you know, <laughs> that, that deserve that spot. So I love how he has that chip on his shoulder. Um, and, you know, he's just making his opponents go to sleep. But talk about a Haas battles in all of, uh, you know, of, of that term there. Uh, Lance Archer, Bad Luck Fale, uh, 6'9 and above monster gaiju, uh, kaiju battle. Um <laughs> Hey man, Okada apparently is not the only one to get a, uh, I would say a three, three and a half star match out of Fale because Lance Archer did it. Uh, and, and Lance Archer appears to make everybody die up again here. This was better than it should have been. I would say, mm-hmm. uh, both hell, even Jado, um, came in and, and delivered that good, you know, outside interference. <laughs> where, where wasn't that much? But he got his no. offense, you know, he even showed up and, and, you know, told a good story, you know, on the outside there. 
Archer beating the odds, of course, with both men, you know, kind of getting their, their stops there. A lot of people were saying Folly was slow, Folly was this. Yeah, it's bad luck Folly, but you know what? They still dominated and went ham on each other. Hell, even bad luck Folly stopped the old school rope spot on uh, on Archer here, which I thought was was pretty brilliant. I I uh, I laughed quite a bit there, and then of course Folly throwing Archer into the crowd and takes out nine rows of chairs just by himself there. Um, <laughs> but when Lance Archer has no reason um, to be hitting springboard across bodies. I'm sorry. Uh, but we also saw a superplex reminiscent of uh, Big Show Mark Henry back in the day as Bad Luck Fale made the ring. Uh, didn't collapse, but it definitely went up in the air. It was like me in the Haunted Mansion ride at Disney, <laughs> where every time you go up, I'm hitting the, the, the ceiling of the ride. Uh, those guys definitely almost made that ring break with the superplex, uh, you know, that Lance Archer took. But I thought this was awesome. Um, shoulder block, uh, that derailleur shoulder block that uh, he hit on Folly was awesome. Choke slam. And then, of course, the everybody dies claw uh, to make Archer, or I should say, bad luck Folly, uh, submit into a pin was amazing. Lance Archer, man. Whew, we all bow down. Uh, because everybody will die. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad Archer is having that run that I had hoped. Um, I'm glad they gave him this. They're giving him this push. But you're, you know, it, it was what it was, and like you said, props to Folly, man. He worked hard. He, you know, you had to slow the match down, and Archer did that compared to how he did night one. Mm-hmm. But, but he worked to Folly's strengths and. You know, I love Folly teasing the the rope walk. I thought that was pretty entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> so they they did a lot of good, and and it was exactly it was much more than you can ask for. I mean, this this going into the match had two star special written all over it, and they exceeded that expectation. And you know, props to Folly. It, he, he's one of the one of the guys that I didn't get mad at for waving his arm and not kicking out because I'm like. You know what, Fala, you get a pass because you're working your ass off right now, and you got to be exhausted. So you're fine. The other guys don't have an excuse because they're athletes. Damn it. <laughs> Bad luck, Fala, kudos, man. You worked hard here. And Archer gets he another did. W. I'm happy for it. You know, Archer's sitting top of the block now, four points with Okada and Kenta. Wow. Um, now, then, uh, with the next match, starts a consecutive, uh, if I had to put a star rating on it, consecutive set of four matches that will go four and a quarter or more. Uh, We start off with the Ariel Assassin himself, Mr. Tokyo Japan, Will Ospreay, friend of the show, taking on Sonata. Ryan, this was a, a great match that was calculating for both of these guys. They were just waiting for their opponent to make that one single mistake. You know, that that, that they were just waiting for, for their 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 time to, you know, essentially finish it up whichever way possible. Of course, Oscut are having a brilliant finishing sequence, even though yes, we have seen it time and time before, but still amazing when when you could see a man hit five you know, different moves in a span of twenty eight seconds. Um, you know, Osprey <laughs> getting the win there. Uh, you know, of course, holding the wrist of Sonata, uh, you know, after hitting the Oscutter, uh, which then uh 
put Sonata away with the Stormbreaker there. Um, again, I, I just loved, you know, you had your high flying spots, you know, you had your strikes, you know, you had your, your, your submissions, you know, aspect there. We saw the paradise lock, you know, Osprey being caught up in the, uh, the bottom rope there, you know, thus, you know, getting the, the paradise lock connect, even though Osprey wiggled out of it, you know, that first attempt there. Um, but no, I, shit, I, I just had a lot of fun. Sonata was showing some big time stuff where he is ready for that, you know, singles push here, you know, maybe, maybe hopefully into the fall, but definitely come into 2020. I thought this was excellent. Um, Ryan, take it away. Yeah, I, I did exactly what you said. I went four and a quarter. I loved every minute of the match. Um, I think what's really exciting for me is I can't wait to see a rematch that's not in a tournament because if there's something on the line between these guys, I think with another five minutes they could exceed this match. But it was a nice water test between the two of them, and I liked all that. I just my – only, my only concern is are we ever really going to get that Sonata push? Like, we talk about it every year. Like, oh, you know, it's going to happen probably after yeah, the tournament. We do. You know, he's we, – oh, we thought he was going to get more points at the beginning of the tournament, and he always seems to start losing when we think he's going to win, and, and he always finishes with eight points or something like that. And I was a big proprietor that I didn't think Osprey was getting more than four points, and he's already got two defeating Sonata, which to me mm-hmm. – tells me that they have much higher plans for Osprey than Sonata. And it, it kind of scares me because I think Seiya Sonata is very good. I think he's very good. He showed it against Osprey and against Zack Sabre Jr. I mean, he's averaged oh, yeah. four and a half stars for me in the two matches, four and a quarter, four and three quarters. So he's doing everything right. I just, you know, once again, he's just not getting, you know, well, then again, to be fair, I didn't think he was beating Zack Sabre and he beat him. So, you know, if he loses to Evil, I think that kind of says where they have those two guys slotted. So that'll mm-hmm. be interesting to watch night five. But, yeah, I mean, this match is tremendous. This was, this was fantastic. We, we, I, I, like you, I loved it. Like you said, we always have that talk around this time, you know, Evil and, uh, and Sonata, you know, is this their time? Is this their time? Of course, Evil, you know, not participating in the LIJ festivities, uh, you know, prior to the G1 uh, climax this year, um, you know, kind of going, uh, you know, loner there. But, uh, you know, you could see the same thing with Evil, you know, kind of coming off. Yeah, he he had that match with Fale, which, you know, I'm sure we'll all try to forget. But let's be real. (laughs) You know, he made Fale look, you know, pretty respectable into that match. Yeah, a lot of people you know, uh, poo-poo on, on, on that match from Dallas, but evil worked his ass off in there. You know, he was doing any and everything, um, you know, to, to kind of be on that Okada, you know, level of, of putting Fale in good matches, um, which, you know, I, I would say that was another three-star Fale special. Um, but no, I, Sonata, I think this is a guy again with, with him having those fallout, you know, type of blue, uh, you know, ring, uh, Attire, I, I think it's it's time. He's having good matches, you know, with Okada. He's having good matches with a Will Ospreay, Zack Sabre Jr. You know, those those are the watermarks of, you know, New Japan Pro Wrestling now. You know, it's not all just the Japanese. The Brits are, are definitely here uh, to stay. And, you know, it was proven again with the next match with Zack Sabre Jr. bringing on the Sabreism wrestling style to new Japan, taking on the rainmaker Kazuchika Okada. 
Um, I'll let you take this one, Ryan. I love this. I love how Zack Sabre Jr. had an answer to every Okada spot that there was early on. But he's the rainmaker for a reason. Ryan, take it, sir. Zack Sabre Jr. is one of the best heels in wrestling, not for the fact of being a heel with how big of a you know douchebag he is. I mean, you know, you can ask Naito about Why Naito? Who's trying to keep now, dickhead? But the fact that this guy goes in there and is never intimidated. He's always like, all right, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to beat your ass. And if he loses, he still starts running his mouth. Like, he doesn't shut up. He's the, he's <laughs> like the guy who you keep beating. He, he's the resilient baby face as a heel. And I think that's what makes him so spectacular <laughs> to me. You know, he's, he never quits. He's like, all right, I'm going to come back at you. I'm going to get Chihuahua. I'm not, I'm not stopping. And the match with Okada, he did everything he could. Orienteering with Napalm Death. Um, all sorts of octopus variations, mm-hmm. got his crazy pins off. But the one thing he couldn't do was he couldn't stop after that after that first tombstone he took where his neck bent like a bushies on the German from Naito. He never recovered from that, and he he kept work or getting getting the neck worked. He kept selling the neck. He was grabbing at it. He couldn't. He couldn't. I mean, there was one point where he 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 sold not having feeling in his fingers, Alex. It was incredible yeah. when when he had him in the in the octopus, and he's like, ah, I can't grab. So then he just reached him. behind and put his arms behind his back to get levers because he couldn't. Like this guy sells everything, and then when he finally lets go after hitting the movies, back to grabbing his neck again, and he's he's mm-hmm. twisting and trying to work the kinks out while he's in submissions um, with Okada. He's just he's a joy to watch. He's incredible. And Okada was just Okada. They had a weird little hiccup on on the Rainmaker the setup before the backslide. Yeah, where he kind oh. of flipped through, but they, you know, they recovered, made it look good. He hits the backslide, hits the Rainmaker, picks him back up, hits the second one, gets the victory. Um, and it was great because it was once again it was on that same neck area that he had been working all match. So he survived the onslaught that was Zack Saber Jr. to get the great victory and once again show the domination he is as the IWGP champion. The counter pins that Zack Saber Jr. can do as well. Uh, that, oh my that gosh! He, you know could, that he did to Okada was mind blowing as well as you know the the submissions were. You know, how do you counter a Rainmaker into a standing wrist lock submission while he's on top of Okada? That's insane. Like, like that's just a must watch right there. Like you said, it was a quick match. I believe it was just about 12 minutes there. Um, But with Zack Sabre Jr., that's the thing. It sounds like I'm, I'm saying it's a bad thing, but it's not. Like when I saw the runtime was 12 minutes, I was like, oh, I easily thought that was like 20, 24 minutes because it's all calculated. It's all meticulous on how Sabre is studying his opponent. I mean, it's the technical side of him that I have grown to love and appreciate and just, you know, makes me want to watch his match. Hell, during the show, they mentioned that Zack Sabre Jr. even has a victory of Okada during a uh, Rev Pro show that I definitely want to check out. Um but no, Okada being Okada, even though he was in submissions, getting stretched out the whole match, especially on his arm, uh, still hit two Rainmakers. So, yep. take that for what it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it, it took two because he didn't have enough power to do one. Speaking of power, uh, this wrestler did not have any, especially with having a 
bust a, uh, busted up ankle, um, but definitely just looked like he got the living daylights beaten out of him. Kota Ibushi, the Golden Star, taking on Evil, um, and Evil was honing in on that injury. I loved it. Um, Evil looked more motivated, especially after uh, having that embarrassing loss in Dallas against Bad Luck Fale, Um, because, hey, I predicted him to go undefeated until, of course, he mates his brother in Sonata, which I believe just happened a few hours ago. Um, yeah. But Evil, again, just dominance throughout. Uh, you know, he had that game plan of the ankle there. Um, you know, Abushi, you know, kind of had some sequences here and there, but again, Evil just had an answer to everything that Scorpion Deathlock, you know, that was applied, you know, towards the end of the match as Abushi is writhing in pain and to see the Kamagoya blocked by Evil, um, you know, and then, you know, headbutts, lariats by both guys and finally Evil knocking him down with a, a hard uh, lariat by that. Darkness falls. Everything is evil for the win. Uh, again, fantastic end sequence. Loved this match. Um, Abushi Ryan, Owen two. What are your thoughts? Yeah, P, uh, bracket buster. Bracket buster alert is what that says. Uh, now, if if we're getting Abushi in the finals, now we're we got to start seeing some losses from some of these top guys. Um, you know, night five, which we haven't watched yet. Lance Archer and Kenta, what are, what are the two and O's are going to lose? So that's going to, that'll even it out. But one of them is going to get to six points. So now, you know, Abushi is, is going to be three wins behind going into the match with the Osprey. And the way things are going, I don't know if he's going to win that match. Um, you know, Ken Fale plays spoiler to Okada and knock another person um, down a peg. But then, you know, you look at, you look at everything that's going on. There's another guy we'll talk about. That's also Owen too, just like Kota Ibushi from the main event, and mm-hmm. it's a weird tournament, and I like it. I'm glad we're not getting the same thing. Um, nice and safe match they worked, which I think made it better. I don't know how how Ibushi's ankle, if that was a factor in it. Obviously, they worked it because he showed it on on Instagram or whatever, so everybody knew his ankle was messed up. But Evil worked hard, and he looked good, and he looked really good in here. Um, Somebody said in a kayfabe world, uh, it's the same gentleman who said the thing about uh, Kenta. In a kayfabe world, Kota Ibushi is the dumbest wrestler alive. He tweeted photos of his awful ankle injury, and now that will be a target for the rest of the G1, including Evil, who took advantage of it. Yeah. <laughs> that makes me laugh. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, they did exactly what they should. They worked a match. Evil looked dominant, getting another victory. And, you know, Kota Ibushi, where do we go? Like, what's going down? What's happening? I <laughs> I have no idea. I crazy enough again picked him to beat Kota Ibushi in the brackets here. Um, again, going four and one. Uh, mark it on the calendar, folks. I out New Japan to Ryan Cook here. Uh, you know, Wait, night two of the B of the A block here. But um, main events. You know, Ryan talked a little. Uh, you know, a little into oh, that. You know, yeah. Tanahashi starting zero and two. Kenta. Again, just dominance, beating the, kicking the living hell, you know, out, out of Tanahashi here throughout the match here. Um, just, I love the aura that he has, you know. Yeah, he, he, look, he looks like he's breathing a little hard. It's because he's kicking the living hell out of his opponents. He's giving it, you know, 
uh, an 11 is what he's turning up his kicks to. And then, you know, hitting that, that go to sleep there to, to make uh, Tanahashi the ace, you know, again, uh, go down in the middle of the ring there. I thoroughly enjoyed this match because, again, Tanahashi didn't get a lot of his signature stuff in. You know, Kenta, <laughs> you know, hell, he, we saw a sleeper hold, for God's sake. <laughs> Kenta said, let me slap the shit out of you a few times and wake your old ass up. <laughs> um, I, I I felt bad on the second um, uh, it sling blade where Kenta looked so confused and lost and I was like oh man but thank god Tanahashi the, the, the pro he is after after they it got goofed he stopped slowed down worked some punches and then just went to a basic standing high five flow um, you know and that's where I said last last week when we talked I'm excited because Tanahashi's a guy who in his old age, hasn't lost a step. And that's why he's one of the greatest of all time. And, I mean, you could say he's lost a little bit, but, it's, I mean, the dude's still one of the best going. And he was able to work a perfect style to Kenta to bring a great match out of Kenta and hopefully continue to give the confidence back. And boy, was I pleased when he, when he hit him with the, the GTS and actually hit him in the face. Because after he hit a bushy in like the shoulder or wherever the hell it was, and they kept replaying it, like stop, <laughs> you're showing a botch. <laughs> stop that camera, like we're Cuban. What is wrong with your your camera people? Um, I was glad he hit it. He he put it over well, and it it looked good. It looked it like I said at the beginning of this this day's preview. This felt as close to old Kenta we're gonna get, and I'm happy with it because he worked so hard. Like you know, like we said, he he was gassed by the end of it because he was going so hard, and Tana was like, "All right, man, let's just calm down. Let's we're gonna get through this." And they did, and they did really well. And that's what I love about a guy like Tanahashi, who's who can take anybody. And you know, look at what he did with Shota Umino in the New Japan Cup. It was incredible. That match was like four and a quarter. I mean, dude, show the yeah. Reno, man. It's, you know, it shows that, that he just knows what to do in the right situation. And it helped. And we got a four-star match out of Kenta from here. Um, one thing I forgot to mention to you um, to get your thoughts on it. Um, you remember night one, the tag match with uh, Jeff Cobb and Narita against Ishii and, and Umeno? Yep. And the crowd was just jacked hot for it. And then at the end of the match, they had that post-match break apart that the crowd, like, arguably popped as hard as they did for Tanahashi and Okada when uh, we saw the, the pull-apart and they're beating the crap out of each other at the end of the match. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, Ishii called that on the fly. Mm. He's like, hey, the crowd hot, crowd's hot. Let's really? work a pull-apart angle. And... Cobb got back in the ring and they just started doing it. Like that was literally. Uh, That's awesome. I can't remember who it was. That I'll, I'll figure out who's to who, where I read that or who said it. Um, and I'll I'll give him credit later. But literally, this dude's calling angles, not just spots, like angles mid match. Could you imagine the heat he would be in if he worked for Vince doing that? And and that's another reason where. WWE just gets it wrong by not letting their guys ever have control over anything they freaking do. Agreed. Hey man, crowd's Agreed. hot. Let's have a pull. Let's have a pull apart. And everybody went with it, and the crowd was going nuts. They lost their mind for it. <laughs> and it was that simple. It's it's like you mentioned with with the, the the extreme rules with with the way that they worked the matches. It was simple. It's that simple to have good things in wrestling. 
And it just goes to show that Tomoro Ishii, man, one of the most underrated ever. You could argue oh, exactly. in the last, you could argue in this, this decade, he might be one of the best wrestlers of the entire decade with everything he's been doing since 2012 on with that never title and, and G1 runs. I, he's just, he's a, he's a gem. <laughs> and I, I wanted to mention that yesterday and I forgot about it. Um, yeah, that's, God, I love Ishii, man. And we got that too on the, the pre-show um, tags here. Um, night, night three here. Um, or excuse me, night five. I, I kind of just skimmed over to see what the, the pre-matches were. Yep. And we had a young line pull apart between Ishii once again and John Moxley. Uh, Moxley. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's huge. Ishii Moxley is, is the one this morning that'll happen in 12 hours. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, and th- this is the one I'm excited for because this is the match that John Moxley is going to shine in. You know, oh, he might God. not have shine the, the greatest against, you know, against Cobb or, or Taichi. I mean, perfectly fine matches. I went three and a quarter on both here as we're getting into night four, but Tomohiro Ishii, that's one of the guys where he's going to, he's going to have his moment like juice Robinson moment with this match. And I can't freaking wait to watch this. <laughs> I I really hope, do you think Ishii no-sells the first Death Rider? There there you go. If that's the finish, uh, you get a a gold star. He hits the Death Rider, and he just no-sells it, then he gives him that elevated one and then finishes him with it. (laughs) I will be like, yep, that rocked. That's awesome. (laughs) Ishii. Oh man! And shout out once again, Lance Archer. When uh, Jado got close to him, and he he like all folly walks over to him, and he just stares right at Jado. I will f you up. And Jado's like, whoa! And then he just walked away from him. <laughs> I I like I looked over at Sydney who was sitting in the other computer chair on on his phone or on my phone watching like Peppa whoa. Pig, and I was like. I was like, oh, hey, Sydney, you close your ears, apparently, when Lance Archer's out there. <laughs> I won't F you up. Jado literally is, oh, hey, man, jeez, e- easy, easy. <laughs> and then when he hit him with the kendo stick and he turned around, he's like, I told you what was going to happen. <laughs> like, yeah, Lance Archer rules. EBD, EBD. <laughs> oh, man. God, I can't, dude! I can't wait to watch him and Kenta. I'll probably, I'm gonna try to knock it out tonight. I, I think. To like, keep, how? Keep how do we do? Like, we're two guys that have been so dominant. You know, a breath of fresh air. You know, uh, a difference in in the norm that is the G1 climax. Uh, it's gonna be hard for me to for whoever takes the loss here. Maybe they go to a draw. I, that would be dumb, but uh, hey, why not? Um, but Kenta, I can just though. picture. Chopping the tree down, kicks to the knees, to the legs. It's going to be amazing. And if he keeps improving, you know, Kenta should have a good uh, outing with Archer because Archer can work little guys because he's so damn athletic. Shout out to Vance Archer, former ECW uh, on WWE alumnus. Um, Kenta then on on, uh, Saturday works evil. Then they get that. Then they get that break. He he's off for a week because this is where we get we get a nice little break. Is we have we have tonight and then Saturday morning and then it's only the twenty fourth and then the twenty seventh is the next show. So the the nice little break there. 
But he comes back, he wrestles evil on Saturday, he gets a week to rehydrate and get comfortable, and then he gets Okada. Yeah. And we get Ken Okada. And on my birthday. birthday. Boom. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Man, you get all the tight stuff. Brian Klecker gets the, the G1 finals every year on his birthday. Man. <laughs> I'm lucky if I get a, a second round March Madness game on mine. Ooh. Too shame. That's a Meshuggah. Um, but night four, <laughs> night four, Alex. What, where are we going here? How, lead us off here. B block, uh, one and O. Toriano taking on O and a one. The shingle to Takage, uh, Toriano trying to go two and O against uh, respected LIJ members here. But Shingo has no time for shenanigans. Um, even though Toriano utilizing Mary as much as he possibly can, of course, Mary being the turnbuckle pad there. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I love the, how, uh, Yano again, kind of throwing back to the match with Naito with the t-shirt shenanigans, but again, Shingo has no time for that. Just beats up Yano <laughs> as he's trying to get the shirt off, you know, um, but no, you know, again, this was a fun, entertaining match with these guys. You know, Shingo playing the straight man with his mannerisms, you know, to, to Toriano was fun. But you could see a smile on, on, on Shingo's face every now and then if you looked uh, close enough there. Um, but the part that I loved was when they were fighting on the outside there. Um, and then Iano essentially, you know, he's chilling, you know, in a chair first off in the aisle. Just like, yep, you know, no counts yet. Shingo, you know, rushes him, and then Yano does a drop toe hold to Shingo. Shingo hits the chair. Yano then proceeds to barricade Shingo within that aisle by pulling all the barricades, chairs, throwing fans in front of him and, and whatnot, you know, telling the ref to start the count there. Um, and then, uh, you know, of course, uh, throwing Mary at him uh, as Shingo's about to hit the ring, uh, you, know, you know, to, to break the count. Uh, but, of course, Shingo getting in at 19 and a half. But just, again, the barricading, trying to block off Shingo, I thought was such a fun, fun spot. Um, and then, of course, uh, you know, bringing in chairs, uh, Bushi coming in, you know, essentially to, to kind of, uh, you know, say, hey, because Yano throws the chair to, to, to Shingo and tells the ref, hey, look, disqualify, disqualify him. Um, but of course, Bushi coming down, <laughs> which we'll get into, you know, here in a bit uh, to, to, you know, try to say, hey, Shingo had no purpose. But of course, with that distraction, Shingo utilizes the chair by launching it and nailing Yano right, um, you know, right there in the head of pumping Bomber for the win. Short and sweet, again, entertaining in many ways. Uh, fun match, fun match. Yeah, I, I went, uh, what did I get? I went three stars on it, flat three. I enjoyed it, and boy, was I glad to see Shingo Takagi defeat Toriano. Give me a W, because I sure as hell needed one after after going one and four on uh, the previous show. Uh, <laughs> give me that dub. Let's go. Fun match. You said it all, man. And Shingo, I love, he's just no nonsense. He just comes in and just smokes Yano and starts clapping for himself. I'm like, man, this yeah. dude is so good. <laughs> and it's it's the same thing I noticed watching Osprey versus Sonata with Shingo versus Yano. I know they're classified as juniors, but they don't look any smaller than their than their opponents. No, no, gosh, no. Like Shingo. Especially Shingo. <laughs> yeah, when he like when he was in there with with Kojima, um, at Dominion, I was like, yep. this dude is 
you know, he, or not, wait, well, yeah, it was Dominion. You know, I'm like, this dude is just as big, man. Let's get him going. I can't wait. One difference you could tell is the match with Juice, because Juice was a few inches taller, and I even was like, wait, what? Someone, yeah, someone's yeah. working Shingo Takagi in the in the middle of the ring here. Uh, speaking true. of middle of the ring, uh, Hiroki Goto, uh, you know, after his uh, night one win there, or night two, it's so hard to talk number games when it's A and B blacks, but Hiroki Goto coming off his win against Jay White, taking on Juice Robinson coming off his win against uh, Shingo T- Takagi. Uh, Ryan, take it away. I Again, this was a Goto match that I liked. It was a good counterpart, you know, with, with Juice Robinson here. I'm loving this new uh, you know, focus by both of these guys. Again, as we said before, Goto looks in great shape, you know, looks toned down, ready for this tournament. But Juice Robinson, man, again, the match started a little slow, but, uh, you know, kind of that la- the back end there, they were just beating the living hell out of each other. Ryan, what are your thoughts uh, on, on this uh, on this match? Um, I am going to throw it there real quick. Um, this was this was thrown at us. Um, I know you don't watch the undercards, but there was a three and a quarter on the undercard of night four. Lance Archer, Minoru Suzuki, Zack Sabre Jr., and Yoshinobu Kanemaru took on the team of Clark Connors, Carl Fredericks, two of the American yeah. uh, Young Lions, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Kenta. So wow. might be something worth checking out. Sounds pretty. We got three and a quarter off it too. Um, so I'm interested. I- I'm in. Uh, yeah, I, I thought this was this was nice. I think I went three and a half on this. Uh, yeah, Juice going to three and a half. I, I liked it. Um, I never I never thought that Juice would go two and zero here to start this. Um, Goto Goto kind of came in here just like he did night one as somebody who we always clamored about, and then he kind of had been under delivering the last six seven months, but he looked rejuvenated after that break against Jay White. Looked just as good as as he did against Juice. I think the only mm-hmm. reason I went slightly lower on this than the other one is just because I do think Jay White is is better than Juice, and I think Goto was was on par with himself, so that that gives me the slight difference. Um, but but he was just murdering Juice with his strikes. Um, Juice though, left handed God. Yeah, I mean the Juice was awesome. And and the one thing too, it looks like they're doing is he's his hand is injured again, so I don't know where they're going to go next oh. with it. Um, you know, they saw him putting the ice pack on it. They said it might be a re-injury from last year, and that's one of the things they do that every year. Tanahashi he has a random, brand new injury yeah. every one. You know, Abushi <laughs> showing the ankle, so now we can work the ankle in all the matches. It's like I get it; you have to do things like that. Um, but I thought Juice really picked it up last year when he did. Ha- I mean, his, his hand was legit broken, and he still kept doing everything. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where I think, once again, Juice is – I just I completely just got thrown off by stupid-ass Jen coming in here barking her hands at me. I just lost my train of thought again. But, uh, yeah, Ju- <laughs> Juice looked great. I think he's going to have a, a good run going forward. Um, and he's 2-0. and We didn't expect that. Fun spot uh, here with Juice Robinson – him playing possum as he kind of collapsed after his series of kicks that Goto, you know, as you alluded to, as Goto was just kicking the living ish out of him, uh, you know, kind of collapsing there, then countering the GTR into again, that, that, that jackhammer there. 
but you know, kind of towards the finish of the match here um, was awesome. Just due to the fact that they used their skulls to kind of block, you know, kind of the, the punches that they were giving as go to utilize the top of his head as a juice was going for the left hand of God. And then, you know, go to go and then juice utilizes his, uh, his cranium there. Uh, you know, the counter go to for him to then hit the left hand and the, uh, the pulp friction there for the win. So some, some pretty uh, good spots, you know, kind of in the match with these two. Were you surprised that Goto lost after getting such a big win against Jay White? Uh, yes, honestly. Um, but I think it was just more so of, yeah, I, I would say yes. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, they went that times. far by having him main event and win night two, only to job in the, the second match of the tournament. Like, it was just kind of weird to me. Like, oh, man, maybe they're doing something with Goto here. No, he's just going to job. Nope. Okay. Cool. <laughs> but and, and I will say, yeah, he did. And one last thing I have is, is Hiroki Goto, regardless of where he is in his career now, still is one of the best closing sequence guys in, in any company. Like, his closing stretches are always 100%. Oh, and him God. and Carl Anderson from a few years ago, man, they had the greatest closing stretches ever. God, guys, please go seek out Carl Anderson, Hiroki Goto from the G1 a couple years ago. Ah! But that's because I'm Carl Anderson Mark, so I guess that probably doesn't help anything. <laughs> uh, next match here, middle of the card, but never middle in our hearts. Uh, Jeff Cobb taking on John Moxley here. Again, another match that I would say was a lot of uh, people's must-watch here. Um, but this was a match that, again, was a you know the focal point was a body part and that body part early on that was affected was Jeff Cobb's you know left shoulder and Moxley utilized the crap out of that in a various various maneuvers here whether it was slamming it on the apron whether if it was like an arm bar you know or a kick you know, clo- you know lariat there you know Jeff Cobb you know couldn't couldn't lift, you know, Moxley to do some of the maneuvers and Moxley couldn't lift Jeff Cobb due to, you know, the center of gravity that Cobb possesses there. Um, but, you know, again, you could see even when Cobb would, you know, hit a snap German suplex there in the standing moonsault, you know, he couldn't go for that pin and because of his shoulder. So I, I applaud this match kind of for the storytelling of Moxley going after that body part. And then of course, you know, with the finish, where Moxley finally getting, you know, a, a modified version of the Death Rider as, you know, um, you know, Cobb trying to enter the ring from the apron, um, you know, Mox hitting that running knee, Cobb kind of falters. And then again, that modified Death Rider through the ropes before the win there, um, you know, nothing too crazy just because again, Moxley was essentially pinpointing on that shoulder. But again, story-wise, I thought this was good. It'll be interesting how this, uh, you know, kind of goes against Jeff Cobb uh, in the rest of the tournament. One thing, too, um, somebody mentioned that I, that I agree with is John Moxley's charisma helps the random brawling outside to not kind of get, uh, it's just normal brawling because he's always got something weird going on with the way he, way, way he does things. You know, it's kind of like when we saw him in, at Dragon Gate USA, he's walking on chairs throughout the crowd screaming. And it's like, yeah. geez, this guy's a madman. So Moxley does a lot to keep that going. Once again, I went three and a quarter on it. I thought the finish was extremely abrupt where he, he hung him on the DDT 
And then it was just or on the rope for the DDT, and it was just over. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. You know, but um, <laughs> perfectly fine match. AW1 ROH 0, you could almost say, on this Ooh. one. <laughs> Shows New <laughs> Japan's. Uh, uh, it goes back to my thing with Hammerstein, I was saying, in uh, the, the, the 2300, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Excuse me, but it was, it was fine. Good, good little match. John Moxley goes to two and zero as we kind of thought he was going to do, um, leading into his match with Ishii this uh, coming up in twelve hours. <sighs> Man, that's that's exciting. You know what else is exciting? Uh, said wrestler, the the Stone Pitbull himself, Tomohiro Ishii, looking to go two and zero against Jay White, who is zero and one. But let's be real. Um, my notes, uh, hell of a contest. Wow. And, and that's really what, what it was. Ishii challenging white to hit him, putting his chin out saying, strike me, hit me in the head, do what you got to do. You know, him staggering after, you know, a few strikes here and there, but, but the power of Tomohiro Ishii, whether it's in Zagiri's dragon suplexes, Saito suplexes, um, you know, the countering, you know, from, or, or I should say the stalling suplex from the middle rope that, you know, I, I love to see there. <sighs> Jay White, man, just plays the the foil to any wrestler that he's in the ring with. Like, would Ishii, you know, essentially, you know, has had enough of his garb and he throws that chair at Jay White you know, and, and it hits the barricade? The line of the millennium, Kevin Kelly says, and this is why I listen to the the uh, the, the American commentary. <laughs> Kevin Kelly, as as Jay White moves out of the way of that chair that was launched a thousand miles an hour, says, "Luckily for Jay White, he moved, or there would be a memorial show in his honor." So deadpan, <laughs> yet so right. Um, but yeah. Luckily for Jay White, he moved, or there would be a memorial show in his honor. <laughs> I was so hard when you said that. It was just so freaking perfect. But no, this. She's walking around like, you're, I'm going to kill you. Like, you yeah. crawl your ass over here, you little son of a bitch. <laughs> like. He did not give a crap for Jay White's antics whatsoever. <laughs> oh, God, no. But uh, Ishii countering the Blade Runner into a flat line, flat liner, hitting that lariat, and then, of course, it goes with the brain buster. Um, again, I, I loved the, you know, the chemistry that these guys have, you know, where Jay White is the guy. You know, that, that would piss off Tomohiro Ishii. But let's be real, everybody pisses off Tomohiro Ishii. Um, but no, I, I thought this was a hell of a match. One of the best uh, of the B block thus far. Um, I, I would say even edging it over uh, the Jay White Goto match and the Tomohiro Ishii Jeff Cobb match from night one of the B block. Ryan, what are your thoughts, good sir? Um, I went four and a half, man. I thought, uh, I thought this is. Anywhere between third and fifth best match of the entire tournament. Um, I love Jay White falling over when Goto, or excuse me, Ishii yeah. going for the the falling lariat, 
and he just keeps getting pissed. Then when he goes for the, the normal standing one, he falls over and starts laughing. So then Ishii cuts to the other side and then hits him with the clothesline. I thought that was a great play on it. Um, hit the, He hit that nice Kiwi Crusher. I uh, got a two count. Ishii popped right up, though, and then hit that Lariat out of the Blade Runner. Um, <laughs> as you mentioned, a huge German, um, a big power bomb. Like, they, they worked really well. And, you know, once again, it's it's the Jay White sliding or, or, or just, just falling over when he's going for the sliding D, things like that. Like, that's, that's what, what I don't understand. How, yeah, I don't understand how Jay, people don't like the Jay White aspect because, I don't know, he's good. He's, like, he's really good. He's really good. Um, so, yeah, this was this was anywhere between – this and the two Okada matches are – are, are all three or four and a half for me tied for third, fourth, and fifth nice. um, behind my uh, obviously Sonata ZSJ, which I went four and three quarters, and then uh, Osprey Lance Archer, which I had said was my match of the year until I watched DDT and that light tube match came out and blew my mind. <laughs> um, real quick before we get to the main event, uh, coming up on Saturday night, I'm slowly getting intrigued by this. Um, featuring featuring people like Effie, Mance Warner, Uncle Biff, Psychomedic, Smokin' Buds, DJ Arp, uh, the legend Bill Dundee, Joey Janela, Nick Gage, Game Changer Wrestling, and the Invisible Man himself present Rombat, the Warriors of Matt Battle and Trouble. Invisible Man presents Wombat. <laughs> I might have to order this. <laughs> I might wow. have to order that. Uh, so that that just happened. So I I just needed to needed to talk about that. <laughs> God, that oh, but, but main event Taichi getting the victory over Tetsuya Naito. Um, I went three and a quarter. I thought it was a little slow. It, it was fun though, but I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't anything that completely blew me away. I love Taichi doing the, uh, his tribute to Kawada, uh, Toshiaki Kawada, sort of Gonzo Bob in there. I was like, Oh God, I, I was scared for Naito's life. But the, you know, there's a lot of people that really like these two guys. There's like together. A lot of people love the February match that I have on my worst match of the year list. There's just something about these two guys that just don't, I don't, I don't get behind the two of them in the ring at the same time. And I don't know why I can't click with the two of them, but I just don't, it just it was whatever, you know, there was, there was fun stuff, you know, Naito went for the Stino Taichi counter with the black Mephisto, yeah. you know, more rough bumps happen. Uh, a, a tribute to, uh, you know, Naito hit a, hit a nice, um, uh, I can't even think of what uh, Kensuke Sasaki and his wife Akira Hokuto used to do it, but uh, body slam into like a brain buster. Uh, Al Snow did it. Um, he hit one of those out of nowhere, which was pretty cool. Um, Taichi got the iron fingers from hell or whatever they're called. I, I mean, it was fine. It wasn't anything that blew my mind. Like I said, three and a quarter, but I don't know. I just, I, these two don't, I don't like, the chemistry they have. I feel they're just oh, they always, I feel the opposite, sir. And that and that's most people do. You know, this is another one that I'm on the ledge on the outside with. It just I don't know. They give these guys like twenty five minutes and I'm just like I'm I started multitasking. I started making the the um the show 
uh, page to get the invite to you for the show today during this match. I started um, pulling up the the Kobe World card and looking at it during this match. Like I just, I don't know. I just, I it, they, I lose my attention span with these guys against each other, and I don't know why. I just, I don't know why. I I thought they had chem- better chemistry. This was the best match that I've seen out of these two. Taichi, you know, again looking strong due to the fact that hey, you know, I I thought one part where where Taichi gets a German duplex and then he just gets up and is like, yeah, let's go, you know, and then you know shenanigans try to happen from Kanemaru, um, you know, of course. Uh, Naito halts that, you know, from getting misted on. Um, but essentially, you know, it all came down to that that iron glove, the iron claw, you know, and, and they went to opposite WWE where they were in Taichi's home, uh, hometown where, yeah, he got the surprise victory. It surprised the shit out of me. Um, but, but the big thing was, you know, it seems like in this series of matches that they have is – you know, how Taichi messes with the equilibrium of Tetsuya Naito, where he always attacks the head, kicks, whether it's, you know, hard, whether it's a super kick, you know, or whatnot, as, you know, he kind of got to, gave the Naito uh, just to essentially before we saw that last ride that, that Taichi hit for the win there. It's, you know, he, that's his way to get, you know, Naito, you know, not as tranquilo as he likes to be. Um, you know, he just <laughs> knocks the living daylights out of him. Yeah, I, I would say this was better than, you know, their match uh, in, in the winter. I'm surprised you didn't pop for this match just for it being better than it was, you know, kind of, uh, you know, in, in that stretcher gimmick there. But I, I love the mocking of Naito. I love the how, you know, again, it wasn't as much interference, if any, you know, just minus a little drawing here and there from uh, uh, from Kanamaru or, or, of course, Naito giving uh, the, the look to Miho there. But um, early on, though, too, when Taichi literally launches Naito uh, into the barricade and into the 12th row, um, again, just showed that he was ready, you know, to, to, to essentially take out Naito yeah. and, you know, kind of hitting him with the chair there. Um I, again, this was just a different type of Taichi. Yes, timing of these matches, they drag. But hey, at least we're not getting an additional five minutes of him singing <laughs> with the entrance. So I'm, you know, kind of fine with that. Shave, you know, four minutes off of this. And I think, if, you know, people see it with a different perspective. Um, again, I'm not saying match of the year or anything like that. But, you know, again, I thought their chemistry was on. I loved how the iron, you know, claw was, you know, kind of a focal point. Him trying to use it, you know, two times, but of course it getting knocked out or knocked off of his hand where, you know, finally he gets to utilize it, then taking Naito out uh with that last ride there. Um so you know it's it's fine for what it was, you know, would I have liked this to be a main event? Maybe not. You know, obviously Ishii and Jay White was the main. That's why I kind of watched that match. Uh I actually watched <laughs> that match last. Um, comparable to this, but I was fine with it. Again, shave four minutes off, and I think people's perspectives are going to be a little different. Yeah, and, and I understand why a lot of people like, you know, like what what they do and like their whole, um, you know, just the whole chemistry between them. I just, I don't know for whatever reason, it's just, I don't know. I just don't get behind it. I don't know why. 
But, you know, if, if people like it, that's all that matters. You know, and Taichi is improving. So, I mean, yeah, I can't is. fault I, him I with, that. with that. So, I mean, I, hey, you know, it's uh, definitely messed up fine, as I'm sure a lot of people's brackets with Taichi kind of getting that victory. I believe I went. Wow, two out of five. Wow. I went I went three out of five. I got Shingo, Ishii, and Moxley right. Hmm. Yeah, why did I go against Tomohiro Ishii? Jeez. Because it was Jay White. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. But So we now have Tetsuya Naito and Jay White in the B block, and Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi in the A block, 0-2. Think about Not that. Not what a like, lot of people were expecting, yeah. No, it's crazy to think about. Um, so, you know, the show that we that happened this morning, uh, Kenta Lance Archer, Kazuchiko Kata, Bad Luck Fale, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Zack Sabre Jr., Evil Sonata, and Kota Ibushi versus Will Ospreay. Wow, Osprey is going to get a win over Ibushi, or or do you think Ibushi finally gets revenge after the uh, the stretcher job from uh, from the uh, Tokyo Dome this past January? Interesting. Um, I sent a picture to our group chat, and I, I had something that really I kind of went, "Huh, I didn't know that was a thing." Um, what do you think about that? Sean Spears is going to be managed by Tully Blanchard. Whew. Nah. I think it's fine. I didn't see the interview. Apparently, you know, he's kind of being the muscle uh, against JR during the interview. Um, I think it'll be fine, I suppose. I don't know if he needs a manager. Um, I'll then throw that out to you. Do you think the prestige and pedigree that Tully has uh, will bring, you know, Sean Spears out to, you know, kind of those old school heads. Do you think that's kind of a, a reasoning for the pairing? I, I think it looks cool. Um, I like the, the way that that picture is outlined. I think it looks cool. I'm all for it. I'm all for trying it. Um, it's, and and this is one of those things where you can tell 100%. This is, this is one of the Cody Rhodes angles as him being one of the 40 VPs. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he, he, you could tell all the, all, all the old stuff is, is the old school stuff is Cody. Um, you know, the, the Joshi is Kenny and the Bucks kind of have that other random goofy stuff. So, I mean, everybody's got their own little spot in this company and this is definitely mm-hmm. a Cody Rhodes, but I like it. I'll take it. I have no problem. Um, Tony Blanchard's a great mouthpiece and he's great on the mic yeah. with, with whether he's managing or not. So I think it helps. I think it, I think it also gives Sean Spears a little more cred- uh, credibility. And I think that's the one positive I like is people are going, oh, damn, Tully Blanchard's with that guy. So I'll take it. Um, also, Bola has announced uh, 13 of the Ooh. 24 uh, combatants. Have you been keeping up on everyone entered that are entered oh, in the Bola this yeah. year? Yeah. We have uh, A-Kid, a- Jonathan Gresham, Artemis Spencer, uh, Darby Allen, Mick Moretti, Orange Cassidy, Bandito, Caveman Ugg, Jake Atlas, Tony Deppin, ladies and gentlemen, up yep. in the bola. Uh, Phoenix and Lucky Kid. Um, and then just announced Joey Janela will be in the bola. Can Lucky Kid win the win the bola and the 16 karat gold in the same year? That'd be interesting. Who Lucky uh, Kid, by the way, uh, went through Timothy Thatcher, Marcel Bartel, Ilya Dragunov, and Valter to win that 16 karat gold. So murder is right there. Taking it down. Uh, what's your Three favorite K-Man match? 
Um, uh, the one um, on Caveman Games for the NES um, when I used him. <laughs> Caveman of a uh, hell of a participant list. I mean, I was excited when Orange Cassidy was announced, but hey, you got Darby Allen, you got Jonathan Gresham, a kid, you know, coming off of last year's, uh, you know, notoriety. Artemis Spencer, who we saw, you know, out in progress uh, during the uh, the Super Strong 16. Um, you know, Bandito, uh, Tony Deppin, uh, friend of the show, Ray Phoenix, uh, who you're kind of, you know, Kind of backing away from, but but hey, you know we'll we'll see if he kind of brings it here and the bad boy himself, Joey Janela. But like you said, lucky kid, he's uh you know maybe this will be uh, his year. There's uh I'm watching a video here. Uh this was from last August. Uh, Pro Wrestling Australia looks like where some of these guys came from. Uh, Caveman Ugg uh, and Mick Moretti are in a four way that also includes Will Osprey and Robbie Eagles. So I'm watching like a three minute highlight video of it right now. God, Rob Eagles is tight. <laughs> I'm so glad. He's got his uh, first Chaos Tee out on ProWrestlingTees.com, uh, where you can nice. also find uh, WrestleCast Radio Tees, uh, WrestleCast uh, Pro Wrestling Tees. So get a shirt. Get him. Get him. I, I, I want to get a new shirt made. So, oh, and a four-way hip-hop. That was tight. Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to check out some of these guys that I haven't seen before. Um, I've never seen Mick Moretti. I've never seen Caveman Ugg. I've heard of Caveman Ugg. I've heard of Mick Moretti, but I, but um, I'm not too familiar with that Australia scene, so that mm-hmm. probably doesn't help my cause. But yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued. Bola, um, some nice talent in there. Do it up. Oh man. Well, we just finished a a wonderful uh, 24 uh, no 22 hours of professional wrestling uh, from this past weekend. Uh, as we said, we have uh, another awesome lineup. Uh, this upcoming weekend, uh, nights five through seven of the G1 Climax at 29. Of course, we have Kobe World from Dragon Gate, a potential GCW show. Hey, when the Invisible Man puts a stamp on something, maybe we all should wombat. Um, and a DDT show, which sadly I believe will be Kota Umeda's final show. So yeah. uh, a lot of good stuff this weekend to hear. Uh, speaking of uh, DDT, before we close the show, uh, any more thoughts on that fantastic main event with the uh, with the title change between Tetsuya Endo and uh, Takashita? I mean, go out of your way to just watch this, guys. It it's it was so good. God, it was so good. They just they told a story where everything kind of was just sitting there, and and everyone's like, all right, you know, I can tell we're going for a really long match. We'll kind of just keep working it and and going at a nice pace. And then they just turned it up after that outside spot when everyone thought that uh, Endo split his head open um, when they, the doctor came over and checked him. It, it, I mean, it was to the races. I mean, there's nothing else to say about it. Go out of your way to watch this if you haven't, because this this is one of the best matches of the entire year, um, hands down, like ultimately hands down. Um, Man. So the, the summer vacation show on Sunday for DDT, um, <laughs> interesting card here. Uh, so KOD title match, Takashita taking on Chris Brooks. Um, we get the tag title match, Daisuke Sasaki and Soma Takao versus Joey Ryan and Hiroshi Yamato. Hopefully he does some more lounge singing. 
No DQ. Mao <laughs> taking on Jiro Eichmann Kuroshio, which, oh man, there's a thing that I saw online with Matt Bloom talking about Kuroshio from his WWE tryout this week when they were in China. I guess he flew himself to China from Japan to take part in it. Wow. Um, he's he'll be. I hope he's NXT bound, not main roster. I hope they don't go. This guy's an international star. Let's put him in the main roster. Put him on NXT. Let's hope for the best. Um, hopefully he does more than Kushida's doing. But, yeah, like Matt Bloom was saying, he, he looked outstanding. He was helping some of the young guys get through all the training spots, and they were kind of letting him help run some of the stuff. So I, he's he's bound for Orlando. It is what it is. But So, I mean, enjoy it while you got it, guys. Kuroshi will probably after September when he finishes that All Japan date is out. Um we have the after Wrestle Peter Pan 2019 six man special tag. Um, what is personal information? Question mark. I don't know what that means for this, uh, but it's Hideki Suzuki, Super Sasadago Machine, and Yumihito Imana uh, Imanari. Excuse me, Yumihito Imanari. I've never seen him before, so I, I butchered that. Taking on Hiroshima Senshiro Takagi and Shinya Aoki. So that could be pretty fun watching Ooh. Suzuki and Aoki together. Um, uh, skip the next one and move to the top of the card. We'll get the last three here. Uh, three-way tag match: Tetsuya Endo and Mad Polly taking on Yukio Sakaguchi and Kazusada Haguchi taking on Makoto Oishi and Yukio Naya. That should be a fun three-way tag match. Um, and then the Kalbi uh, and Frito Lay co- collaboration match: Potato Snacks Agency War Number One Final Battle, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we get uh, we got all sorts of things. We have King Potato Chips, Masahiro Takanashi, and the man who catfish you, Gota Ihashi, um, the fat oh. baby guy, um, taking on oh and Asuka. <laughs> Asuka's also in the match, so it's it's an eight nice. eight person um, taking on Dragon Potato Mask, Akito, Kazuki Harada, and Saki Akai. That's gonna be awesome. That's gonna be fun. Oh my god. Um, and then we get Mizuki Watase, Yuki Ueno, Naomi Yoshimura, and Daiki uh, Shimomura taking on Mike Bailey, Nobuhiro Shibatami, Shudma Katsumara, and the Kota Umeda great match, Kota Umeda himself. Oof. I'm going to have to have the tissues ready uh, for that as the uh, tears <laughs> will stream my face, as they will tonight as uh, me and the family check out The Lion King. Oof. Ooh. Oh, well, I hope you enjoy it, sir. Well, thank you. As much as I enjoyed the last couple of shows here with Russell Cash Radio, of course, uh, on Strong Style Media, don't forget to uh, check out blogtalkradio.com slash strongstylemedia. Give us some love, some likes, some follows over on Twitter at WrestleCast with the T underscore SSM, WrestleCast underscore SSM. Like us, love us again on Facebook, WrestleCast Radio, Strong Style Media, uh, ProWrestlingTees.com slash WrestleCast to get the uh, four awesome shirts there. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of good, fun stuff. So uh, it's uh, it's only getting started. Can't wait. Yeah, there's so much wrestling. We got so much coming up for you. Um, once again, this weekend, Kobe World, we might have something out for you. Um, a nice, nice devoted preview. Might do some research, see what we can get yeah, working yeah. up. Maybe Alex will be in the building, and we'll uh, 
We'll watch it and enjoy it. Um, we'll, otherwise, we'll be back next week, I'm sure, one or two shows. Thank you all for partic- participating again. Have a good one. Mm-hmm.